Welcome to LaGrave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast. With so many differences in the world, among religious members, politics, family members, how do we find unity? Well, the answer is simple. We are supposed to be in Christ. But how do we have this likeness, this likeness of Christ? You're listening to Unity in Christ by guest minister, Reverend Kathy Smith. Good evening. It is a joy to be with you again at LaGrave Avenue Church and to be able to share a word from the Lord together tonight. We're going to be reading from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 2, the first 11 verses. Philippians 2, 1 through 11. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. This is the word of the Lord. My sermon title this evening is Unity in Christ. And I've been reflecting on this passage a lot this year, and this topic has come up a lot lately in discussions at home with family, in class, at church. And so I've been wondering, what does it really mean to be united in Christ? And how can we be like-minded as Paul calls us to be? We have so many differences. At the Calvin Institute of Christian Worship, where I serve, we work with churches and denominations across North America and and around the world in Europe and Asia, Africa, Latin America. And we encounter many different opinions and convictions about worship. And sometimes it makes me wonder, how can we Christians be united? How can we be like-minded when we're so different? 
Several years ago, I was in El Salvador for the Worship Institute, doing some preaching and teaching there, and I encountered so many differences in worship and politics, in cultural expressions among the Christians there, that I wondered again, in a broader way, how can we be united? How can we be like-minded? And then back home in North America, I serve as a faculty advisor for church order matters for the CRC Synod each summer. Well, except during pandemics when Synod doesn't meet. But again, in that context, there are so many different opinions among good Christian people. Different opinions about how to worship, different opinions about theological and ethical and social issues. And it makes me wonder sometimes if we really can be united and like-minded. And finally, here at LaGrave, as at any church, I'm sure you have had some differences on various things. So how can we here at LaGrave be united? How can we be like-minded? Well, the text that got me started thinking about all of this is the text where I found the answer to all these questions, and it's our text for this evening, Philippians chapter 2. It says the only way for us to be united and to be like-minded is if we are in Christ. Only then can we have the same love and be one in spirit and of one mind. Paul tells us not to be selfish or conceited, but to put others before ourselves. Paul says not to be so worried about our own interests, but to put the interests of others before our own. Now that's a tall order, isn't it? That goes against the grain of our natural tendencies. So how can we do that? Well, the answer comes in Christ. If we follow Jesus Christ and work at forming our lives into Christ-like shapes, we will be united with Christ's body, the church. And while we will still have some differences, we can find a unity that comes from being united in our focus on Christ. How do we do this? How do we find and take on this attitude that is so unnatural to us? Well, we find it in Christ himself. If we look again at our text, it says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset or the same attitude as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, something to be grasped. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. We often think about how Jesus gave up everything to be like us, gave up being God so he could be one of us and therefore be a worthy mediator who could actually bear sins on our behalf. And that's true, but, but what strikes me about these verses is that it was actually because Jesus was God that he gave it up. 
It's the very nature of God to be self-giving. In his sacrifice, Jesus Christ was actually acting like God, the being whose nature it is to love and to give in a more complete way than any human loving or giving. And it's that very attitude that we can have when we are in Christ. If we all focus on Christ and on having the attitude and the mindset of Christ, then being selfless and putting others first will come more naturally. I learned about how that works, how to have these relationships in Christ from a friend that I met on that trip to El Salvador years ago. His name is Manfred Svensson. Manfred is a Swede who was raised in Chile by his Swedish missionary parents. And now he teaches philosophy at the Catholic University in Santiago, Chile. He was one of the other speakers at this conference I was part of in El Salvador. And there, Manfred spoke about the theology of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who some of you may know was a German Christian pastor and professor during the Nazi regime, one who taught in underground seminaries, was imprisoned for his resistance to Hitler, and eventually executed in a concentration camp just two weeks before it was liberated by U.S. soldiers. So Manfred Svensson, an example of differences, a Swede from Chile speaking in Spanish to pastors and teachers in El Salvador about a German theologian, Manfred explained how it is when we are united in Christ that we don't have direct relationships with one another, but we are related to one another through Christ. When we are believers, part of Christ's family, we relate to one another through Christ. When I look at you, I see you through Christ. And when we Christians look at one another, we see each other through Christ. Christ is in the middle of all of our relationships. Christ is the mediator between us and God, but he's also the mediator between all of us who are in Christ. Bonhoeffer's main teaching was that the church centers on Christ rather than being a mere group of people with a common purpose. Christian love, spiritual love, comes from Christ and goes out from one person to another, not directly, but through Jesus Christ. Bonhoeffer said that Christ stands between me and others. And this means that we love each other, not with our own love, but with the love of Christ. We may sometimes need to confront or correct each other or admonish each other, as Pastor Junkers talked about this morning. But we do that through Christ, not directly. Direct personal critique or influence could amount to coercion, but influence that comes through the love of Christ and through prayer to Christ for another person is going to be far more effective because we love one another, not just with human love, but with the love of Christ. And the unity 
of the Christian community is in Christ. Bonhoeffer said, through him alone, we have access to one another, joy in one another, and fellowship with one another. This truth especially resonated with the Christians I met in El Salvador because they identified with Bonhoeffer's situation back in World War II Germany. During the more recent Salvadoran civil war, many of them had faced danger and threats on their lives. Some of them, including some of our presenters and the president of the Evangelical University in San Salvador that was hosting this conference, some of them had to go into exile for years in other countries in order to avoid imprisonment and perhaps execution. And now they were gathered in San Salvador at a conference where the theme was worship in times of violence. And they were pondering the ways in which Christian worship can draw us together in hard times. Even in the midst of different theological opinions and political persuasions, different languages, different cultures. And they clearly exhibited love for one another, love that came through Jesus Christ. Almost as a model of how to do this, how to have these Christ-based relationships, our small group of presenters became close friends in the week we were together. There were two of us from the U.S., and I must mention the other one happens to be here tonight, Dr. Emily Brink. Two of us from the U.S., two from El Salvador, one from Guatemala, one Swede from Chile, as I already mentioned, and two from Cuba who had given up positions in the communist youth when they became Christians. And though we struggled a bit with language differences, there was no doubt whatsoever that we were one in Christ. And that gave us a love for each other that made it rather difficult to say goodbye at the end of the week. Bonhoeffer experienced that unity with Christ and in Christ when he was in prison. And perhaps because he and his fellow prisoners had none of the freedom that we enjoy, they especially clung to their community and their relationships in Christ, which gave them an even greater freedom and courage even to face death. The camp doctor who witnessed Bonhoeffer's execution wrote this, I saw Pastor Bonhoeffer kneeling on the floor, praying fervently to God. At the place of execution, he again said a short prayer and then climbed this few steps to the gallows, brave and composed. In the almost 50 years that I worked as a doctor, I have hardly ever seen a man die so entirely submissive to the will of God. Paul's words to the Philippians were written in a similar context. Paul was in prison in Rome, writing to the church in Philippi that he had established and to people he so much wanted to find this freedom in Christ, this reality of Christ being in all of our relationships. So he called them to unity, to like-mindedness, to the attitude, the mindset of Jesus Christ, who humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, 
even death on a cross. And Paul writes, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place, gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. This is what Bonhoeffer wanted for his Christian community too, unity in Christ that will bring glory to God. About worship, he said that Christians are to be in unity and it doesn't matter if they agree on the words to sing or what tempo to praise their creator. What is important is that they are lifting their voices up in unison. That sense of unison is what we mean by being united in Christ, having an underlying unity because of our focus on Christ. A few years ago, I was in downtown Grand Rapids attending the convention of the National Association of Pastoral Musicians, a group of about 2,000 leaders in the Roman Catholic Church. It was a fascinating context in which to learn about unity in spite of differences, a context where I was warmly welcomed. One of the speakers at that convention was making a similar point about being united in Christ. And she told of a man who did an experiment with a bunch of clocks. This man took 24 big clocks, the big kind with the big pendulums, and he put them all into a room, and he started all of their pendulums swinging, all at different times. And then he left the room and closed the door. 24 hours later, he came back, and you know what? The clock's pendulums were all swinging in unison. They were all in sync. He tried the experiment again, and the same thing happened. The speaker said, I don't know how this works scientifically, but apparently there was a dominant clock in the room and all the other clocks gradually acquiesced to that clock's vibrations until they were all in sync, swinging in unison. Interesting, isn't it? Then the speaker asked us, who is your dominant clock? Is it Christ Jesus? Who is your dominant clock? Is it Christ Jesus? That question brought me back to the issues we face at the Worship Institute among many denominations and issues we face in the CRC among many churches. Are there differences? Yes, many. Do we have different worship styles, different ministries, different programs, different theological emphases, and different interpretations of Scripture? Yes, we do. What then holds us together? You know the answer now, don't you? It's Christ. We are united in Christ. We are like-minded when we all have the mind of Christ. And that is both a gift of God to us and a goal that we must continually aspire to reach. We are one in Christ. 
and we are becoming more and more united with Christ. We are like-minded in Christ, and we are becoming more and more of one mind as we grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. A colleague of mine who actually um, occupies the office next door to mine at Calvin is Reverend Dale Cooper, who had served at Calvin for many years as chaplain. He gave me a helpful image for understanding this truth. We were talking about how we as a staff at the Worship Institute are working to be a Christian community as we faithfully live and work together. And Dale noted that it's inevitable that colleagues will at times question or misunderstand or even disagree with one another. But those times, he said, need not be a cause for rancor. And then he gave this quote from John Wesley, who once said, We may not always think alike, but can we not love alike? We may not see eye to eye, but can we not walk arm in arm? I like that image. It helps me imagine how this all works. We may not always think alike. We may not always see eye to eye, but we can walk arm in arm. And think what happens then. When we're walking arm in arm, we're going to be going in the same direction, right? You can't walk arm in arm and go in different directions. Walking arm in arm, you'll be unified in the same direction, like-minded about where we're going. And that will happen if we are focused on Christ. When we gather for worship, as we have today, we look at each other as we worship, as we hear God's word, as we sing, as we pray, and we remember that Christ is always between us, drawing us together, making us one. And Christ is before us, the focus of our minds and our hearts and our lives, even as we journey together, arm in arm. So we can be like-minded we can be unified as we grow in the grace and the knowledge of Jesus Christ. We can hook our arms together in a show of unity in Christ, whether we do that physically, which we're not doing so much these days, but whether we do that physically or mentally or virtually, we can be together walking arm in arm as we are together in our focus on Jesus Christ. So as we pray for God to apply this message to our hearts this evening, let us join our hearts and minds together. And may we be, as Paul calls us, of one spirit and of one mind. And may our joy be complete as we find that unity in Christ, unity that we have, unity that we are growing into. Let's remember who is the dominant force in our life and continue to focus on Jesus Christ who brings us together. Amen. Let us pray. Spirit of Christ, make us one body, inspire us to love one another, 
even as you love us. Bless us as we walk together on your path, arm in arm. Unify us and give us one mind, your mind. In the name of Jesus Christ and to the glory of God we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Grave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast.